0: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing
1: Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelsner.
0: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am super excited about today's show. I'll be joined by Kim Garst and we're going to explore easy ways that you can create shareable visual images that people will love. And now for an awesome discovery. After untangling a school of anacondas, look what Michael Stelzner found. Have you ever done a Google search for your company or your product and Google shows, for example, the name of your company and then underneath that a bunch of recommended um, links on your website? For example, if I Google Social Media Examiner, I see About Us, Getting Started, Social Media Marketing World, our podcast. But what if there's something that Google is showing in the default search results for your company that you don't want them to show? Well, are you at the mercy of Google, or is there actually a way that you can tell Google, hey, don't do that? Well, it turns out there is, and I've recently discovered that you can do this with Google's Webmaster Tools. Now, if you don't know what the heck Google Webmaster Tools are, uh, just Google the phrase Google Webmaster Tools. They allow you to do a lot of really cool things. As a matter of fact, they provide a lot of interesting data for you about keyword searches and they also provide you problems when the Google bots can't, um, for whatever reason, scan your website and URLs that are coming through bad and all sorts of interesting things. And it's very easy to go ahead and set up. Once you have it set up and you've logged into Google Webmaster Tools, there's a really cool thing called search appearance. And underneath search appearance is a link called Site Links and by the way, it's google.com slash webmasters slash tools slash site links, and we will have this link in the show notes, so don't worry. But what you can do in the site links is you can say for this search result, and it's got your domain slash, and you can put anything in there you want. Like, for example, if you've got an event like we do, and you don't want certain pages showing up in search, but you want other pages obviously to be higher up in that, you can go ahead and say, for example, for yourdomain.com slash product, um, demote this particular link. And then you provide a link to the specific page that you do not want Google to show as recommended sublinks in search results. Now, I think it takes a little while for it to take place. And I also know that it's only good for about three months. But this does allow you to essentially have a little bit of control over what should not show up said another way in your Google search results. So again, it's Google Webmaster Tools and site links is what you want to look for under search appearance. I hope somebody listening is like, oh my gosh, I've been trying to figure that out. Thank you so much. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. And with that, let's move on to today's awesome interview.
1: Helping you simplify your social safari. Here's this week's
0: expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined today by Kim Garst. Kim is the CEO of Boom Social, a social media marketing consultancy. Kim's also an expert when it comes to using visuals for your social media marketing. And she's also the author of a brand new book, Will the Real You Please Stand Up? Kim, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much, Mike. I'm so excited to be here.
0: So today, Kim and I are going to explore something that Kim is very passionate about, which is visual content and how it can enhance your social media marketing. So Kim let's start with some definitions well actually, let's start with your backstory why are you so individuals what 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 brought this out of you if you will?
1: well my story um, you know I've been online and owned an online business for twenty three years telling my age a bit there but um, I when I first started an online business my uh, my business was structured around web design and so my background is design and it's it's funny how that skill set has transferred over uh, into the social sphere in such a unique way I mean I never thought that that would be the case when I took my business in the social media direction but um, but that is exactly what's happened is those skills that I you know honed so many years ago has come in handy.
0: Isn't it crazy? I mean, I started my first uh, creative agency back in 1996 and heavily was involved with web design and visuals and stuff. And now it's like a big deal. So let's talk about um, visual content marketing, as I'm calling it. Um, how would you define that?
1: Well, it's, you know, and it's simple as terms. It simply means content marketing as visual content rather than text content. Hmm. It's a way to use images to communicate a message about your business, your product, or your service. Um, in its simplest form, the way I like to describe it is uh, visuals are a way to express ideas in a snackable way.
0: Snackable. Elaborate on snackable.
1: Well, you know, we're so busy today that, you know, and and honestly, you know, just from the standpoint of, you know, an end user myself of social media, and then watching other people and how they use social media, I mean, you get, you know, you're in a public place, and you're watching people, and they're using their phones, and they're literally just scrolling, you know, they're scrolling through their their feeds. And, you know, you have to catch their attention and give them something that they can process quickly and easily. Hmm. So that's what I call snackable content you know something that's you know uh, it's like eye candy right yeah it's like exactly exactly
0: so so let's for everybody who's listening right now who might not be using visuals in a in a in a powerful way like you are um well actually before before i even ask that question why don't you share some of the kinds of things that you're doing right now with visuals (sighs)
1: Well, you know, I've said for probably two years that visuals are going to continue to be a huge uh, piece of social, and it's certainly gone that direction. It's just continuing to evolve. Um, And right now, uh, I have a a very active fan page where I leverage most everything, even things that I would normally just say in a text status update. I turn that into a visual content piece. Um, I do the same. Uh, I'm not doing it quite as much on Twitter, but I'm starting to implement more and more visual content on Twitter. My uh, retweets when I use visual content on Twitter are just incredibly outperforming uh, my standard just text tweets, probably by you know, anywhere from Literally seven to twenty five percent. I mean, wow. it's it's huge. Um, so I'm in the process of really digging into you know making some changes in my my Twitter content strategies and making them more visual. Um, but of course, all the social platforms that are visual that we t- typically you know know to be visual, like you know Instagram and Pinterest, um, I'm leveraging that. But you know, one place that people probably might not think so much about is my blog. I um, you know. Do really try to have an eye popping uh, blog. I'm sorry, uh, graphic for the top of my blog that describes what the blog is all about, and then I share that in places like I'll, you know, pin it to Pinterest, it's a way to drive traffic back to my blog um, and other places as well. I've been doing that even with, uh, with Pinterest, I'm sorry, Instagram and getting, uh, seeing some amazing results back to my blog by simply, you know, just sharing a graphic that highlights what my blog post is about back and it drives traffic back to my blog.
0: Well, you know, we made a commitment, um, sometime earlier this year that we were going to invest in some really nice graphics for every one of our blog posts. And we hired a really talented graphic designer and we worked it into our editorial cycle and we create these really cool images that are optimized for Twitter cards and for Facebook open Graph. so that when someone does push the like button on Facebook or when yep. someone does share our tweets, even just with the standard retweet, all that graphical data is pulled in through the metadata and those articles into those appropriate platforms. And we have seen dramatic increases in our traffic to our site just by doing those things, so it is really, really a big deal. Now, I know you've got some data points about why visuals are so important for social media marketing that go beyond kind of the antidotal, you know, experiences we both have. Can you give us some of the stats? That
1: you yeah, have? absolutely. Um, you know, the, before we really dig into some of the stats, I'd like to just touch on a couple of things. You know, there's and why I think visual content is is so important, and why we're seeing it, uh, you know, grow in importance and from a social media standpoint and from a marketing standpoint you know that old saying that a picture is worth a 10,000 words holds so much value to us as social media marketers you know we all need to be and or become storytellers if we're not right now and a great photo or a graphic tells a story in one hot second hmm. so because we live in such an information overload uh, space right now, uh, and tor- uh, uh, those attention spans are so short that text-based marketing has become less and less effective. Or we can use visuals to drive people to our text content as a way to tweak their interest. Mm-hmm. But there's actually a lot of back-end stats to, you know, this this theory of, or this reality that we're seeing as it relates to the effective, effectiveness of social, uh, I'm sorry, of uh, visual content. Um, and just let me share a couple of those, like visuals are processed by the brain 60,000 times faster than text. Wow. That's pretty amazing, right? Well, Um, it makes
0: sense. You know, you think about all these magazine covers or, you know, um, you you look at a magazine cover and it almost always has a stunning graphic on it and then it's got the headlines, right? So obviously people have known about this in the marketing world for a very long time, but a good image really can connect So quickly and so strong. I get it. But 60,000 times faster. That's amazing.
1: It's amazing. And 90% of all info transmitted to the brain is visual. That again is to me as if you think about it, though, you know what we see and then what we process that does absolutely make sense. Um, 65% of people are visual learners, which I think is, you know, I'm certainly a visual learner. So I fall into that 65% most, um, you know, that's, that's a pretty good chunk of the population, obviously. Right. And I think sometimes people are, you know, they cross over into a couple of different learning styles, but you know, as a whole, there's a lot of visual learners out there. Awesome. But what really strikes me is the fact that people retain 80% of what they see 20% of what they read and 10% of what they hear. Hmm. that's that's, Think about that. I mean, people retain 80% of what they see, 20% of what they read and 10% of what they hear. So visual content is so incredibly important.
0: That's crazy. So, you know, um, I'm sure a lot of people listening right now are like, okay, I get it. I understand there's some strong value proposition, but maybe they're struggling with the different ways that visuals could be used or the different types of visuals that we could create. What are some of the most common types of visuals that people use in their social media marketing?
1: Well, there are pretty much five primary types of visual contents, uh, uh, ways that you can you know visually display your content. Of course, that's photos, videos, images, Um, You know, and I say images are different from photos because photos are, you know, just that a photo, an image could be something that you create Hmm. Um, infographics, slideshows. But, you know, from the standpoint of social media, things that are incredibly popular uh, in social media are things like, you know, comics, you know, showcasing humor. I think that's amazingly popular. Uh, The memes, of course, have been, as you know, incredibly popular as well. Yeah, Explain what that is for
0: people that don't know what a meme is.
1: Well, basically, it's just a you know it could be anything. It could be an inspirational quote. It can be poking fun at something. It can be um, it, it, literally any type of a, an image that's been created. It's not usually a photo. In other words, it's right. usually an image that's been created, like an to, illustrator,
0: like an illustrated kind of thing, or like correct, like 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 a, maybe like a hallmark card. Right, might be an easy way of describing that. Right, like the cover uh, of a correct, card. yeah.
1: And they're shared very frequently, you know, they're, they're relatable. So people that's, I think that's the key to both the humor and the memes. They're, they're relatable to people so that they, you know, they, they can, you know, they feel like they're something that they can share that their, their friends and family would want to see as well. Um, infographics are hugely popular. Obviously those who use infographics, just as a quick, uh, go back to the stats again, people, businesses that use infographics, um, you know, have a, probably about a 12% higher, Uh, growth rate than those who don't use infographics, which I think is pretty interesting. Why do
0: you think that is?
1: Uh, They're shareable. People love them. You know, uh, they give a visual way to display a lot of content and, you know, people, again, uh, I think the most popular place that that you can get more bang for them is is on Pinterest. You know, on Pinterest, people share uh, infographics like my ad. Um, Of course, you know, I see a lot of use within blog content, too, where they're You know, re basically just repopulated over and over, where people are taking pieces of uh, of a specific infographic and sharing it. uh, You know, their take on that particular infographic. So they're just shareable. They just share a lot of visual. uh, You know, they take something complex and they make it visual. I think that's the best way to describe it.
0: Okay, so with infographics. You're creating something that's got a lot of interesting information in it That's you know might be take a lot of words to be conveyed, right? And some of your branding is in there. So so, so it's kind of one of those things that's designed to live on its own. And with the kind of images we create at Social Media Examiner, we're, we're hiring an illustrator to create a cool background and we're putting words on the top of it. And it's meant to kind of be like a tease to get them to want to click to actually read the article. So I'm sure some of the people that are listening right now Say, okay, I get the value of an infographic because my brand is tied to it and I get the, the value of maybe an image that's linking back to a blog post but what about the the fun the com, what about the comics and what about all the little images with quotes inside them what's the str- strategy? Why is that worth doing because I'm sure a lot of people are asking themselves well What's the business objective there? Why would we do something like that?
1: That's a great question, Mike. And, uh, you know, uh, before, let me come back to that just a second. The infographics don't have to be real complex. Let me just give you a quick, everybody that's listening, a quick tip on this. Let's say you have a blog post that is 10 ways to do something. You can make an infographic on those 10 ways. So don't think that a, a, an infographic has to be super complex. Mm. You could literally just repurpose a blog post to make an infographic out of it. So I wanted to just h- highlight that right quick. Cool. But to circle back to your question, which I think is an amazing question, um, I, be- I heard an, an, an analogy uh, just this week from Josh Parkinson over at Post Planner that I think is incredibly dead on as it relates to... Uh, this exact uh, question that you just asked about, um, really? you know, why, why, yeah. why, why do we do all this other stuff that has no direct impact to our business? And he used an analogy that is, uh, is a fishing analogy. You know, he says that, you know, we're the fishermen, but everybody else out there is the fish, you know, and we have to chum the waters. So we dump a lot of chum in that is going to draw uh uh, those fish to us and build a ultimately the, the goal is to build a community around your brand. So, you know, sharing different types of content that your audience can relate to and that will engage with you is a part of the chumming. So you and then you uh, drop in bait. Uh, you know, there's lots of chum, but then you drop in, you know, specific types of bait that are specific to your business that are like um, ebooks, books uh, you know, videos, uh, you know, a direct sales piece, a blog content. Um, but all the rest of it is a content mix and it's important, uh, a, an important piece of the content mix. So sharing things that people will connect with you on outside of your product or service is incredibly important. It's the chum.
0: <laughs> interesting. Interesting. And I would imagine, um, I mean, if I think through this with you, you know, creating images um, or even sharing others created images, which is which is not all that uncommon, right? Um, yeah. Like for example, I, we do this at Social Media Examiner, we'll find something really like a funny comic and we'll share it because we know that our audience is going to go crazy gaga over that thing and share the heck out of it. And we know that when that happens, our brand is getting some exposure to a new audience. And some people might click through and say, who is that social media examiner, right?
1: Absolutely. And I think
0: that's kind of maybe where it comes down. And I guess the other side of it is the opportunity to truly engage with people, right? I mean, I think a lot of people maybe just broadcast images out there, but if you could use it in a creative way and start a dialogue with people, it could be quite powerful from an engagement perspective, couldn't it?
1: I, personally, I use this technique, uh, very heavily. You know, I have what I use in Josh's analogy, my chum, if for lack of a better word is probably at about an 80% ratio and my marketing message is about 20%. So, uh, in my intent behind mm-hmm. using all of that, uh, um, types that visual content that ultimately is really not directly tied to my business is about engagement and exposure. So, you know, I, and building community, you know, around my brand so that people, you know, consistently come back to my fan page or, you know, engage with me on Twitter or Instagram or wherever it is. And I have found that the, the things that are totally unrelated to your business are, um, bring you it will still bring you top of mind when they want what you have exactly. to
0: exactly that's the key thing you, yes you and your brand are in front of people that you want to be in front of often because of the things that you create and 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 because they can relate to them and because they're visual and that can be very very valuable and that could be worth an experiment with this don't you agree
1: Oh, I think it totally is, and I think any of the brands we have worked with, uh, you know, from small business to even, uh, although, frankly, enterprise businesses are way more reluctant to embrace this this uh, strategy, but it works. Um, you know, when you can step outside of what your product or service is all about and then just be relatable and human to your audience – I can promise you, you're going to get way more engagement. And you're going to, again, it's all about that human element. Social is not about your product or service. I mean, people aren't going to connect with you around your product and service out the gate most of the time. Mm -hmm. They're more interested in connecting with you on a human level. And so many businesses struggle with this piece because they... You know, they're like, oh, well, we, we got to be a business. We can't talk about football or, or basketball or basket weaving, you know, <laughs> but that's what people, some of your audience cares about. So you have to step into their world and, you know, uh, care about what they care about and be willing to embrace that.
0: Awesome. So we're going to dig into uh, tools and apps to create images next, but first a quick word from our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by Social Media Marketing World 2015, where you'll connect with 2,500 fellow marketers in sunny San Diego, California. Now, Kim, you attended the conference. What was your experience?
1: Well, I've been to Social Media Marketing World for two years running, since you first started, actually, and spoke there last year. Um, it has been uh, It is the best social media event that I have ever been to, bar none. It is a great place place to network. It's a great place to learn from some of the s- top social media peeps in the world. Um, it, it even beyond that, it is uh, the event itself is incredibly well run. Mike and his team do an amazing job of making it one of the top conferences literally in the world. I couldn't recommend it any more highly.
0: Awesome. Visit socialmediaworld15.com for details. So Kim, for somebody who's not a designer, which probably as most of us.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you have any resources that um, that we can use to kind of become better with our graphics? Because, yes, there's a lot of really cool, um, you know, tools out there that make it really easy to make the graphics. And we're going to get in that in a second. But, you know, as someone who, you know, both of us were involved with the design side of things, you know, one of the things a lot of people mess up with is how do they select colors? How do they select fonts? And these kinds of things, are there any interesting resources that you can share to make that part easier for people? Because I think this is one of the areas where people really mess up.
1: Well, actually I do. So grab your pens and paper. I've got some good stuff to share with you, but, um, or sh- you know, the check part- the show notes later if you're yeah, walking. Exactly. There you go. That's I should have said that goodness. Um, <laughs> but I, but I will say that the neat part today is the re- tools and resources that are available today make it easy for the non, what people think, you know, when they think they're not a a graphic designer uh, or the non you know, uh, artsy people that you don't have to be that person. You don't even have to see yourself as that person today because the tools are available to do amazing stuff. But to focus back in in on some specifics, um, as it relates to fonts, I have a couple of great resources for you. And there are tons of them, but the ones that I use the most are literally just go to the Google machine and type in Google Fonts and you'll get a whole bunch of amazing opportunities to click, to download specific types of fonts.
0: You type um, in Google fonts,
1: Google fonts. Okay. And Google has a whole backend system of fonts, uh, that you really? can, that you can leverage. Yes. Huh. Which is pretty, I mean, are we surprised though? Google has like,
0: I had no clue everything. that they had fonts. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I would imagine they work on Mac and Windows as far as you know. Uh,
1: yes. As, yes. As far as I know, they do. Um, cool. I, in fact, I'm pretty sure that they do. Wow. Uh, and there's um, another one that I use very frequently and it's called DaFonts. D is in David, A-F-O-N-T-S. Huh. And there's, you can search by individual types of fonts there. Um, they're free and you can download them. Um, you know, like if you're looking for a calligraphy font, for example, or if you're looking for a, a block type of font, you can search by. Or you a know, holiday types. font
0: or whatever, right?
1: Correct. Yes. That is so totally lots cool. of different fonts there.
0: Awesome. What about colors? What are your thoughts colors, on colors? Color palettes. Is, color palettes is a big deal for a lot of. I mean, like yeah. you know. And let me just kind of stop for a second. A lot of people are thinking, okay, well, what's the big deal? I'll just. I'll just put some text on a white background.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. mean,
0: you and I both know that that's not necessarily smart, right? Because that's what everyone else right. is doing, right? So, so if you can if you can if you understand colors and and palettes and the way that you can, you know, look at like a selection of colors that work well together, then you can create something really cool. So go ahead and share your resources.
1: Well, you just made a great point. You know, looking good is half the battle, and creating visual content for content's sake is not the answer, guys. So doing, you know, great visual content and leveraging tools to, to do it is, you know, absolutely the smart way to, to proceed. But I have three different suggestions for you as it relates to color palettes. Design seeds, and that's D-E-S-I-G-N-S-E-E-D s.com is a great resource what i really like about this resource is it it gives you a visual picture you know like it may be a fruit bowl for example with Mm -hmm. all the different colors in it and then it showcases the palette to the side oh that's cool so it's not Just a, you know, in other words, it's not just a palette. It's a, you know, it ties a photo in with those particular color schemes so that you can see what it looks like. And I really like that uh, particular resource. Um, And then Cooler, that's Cooler, K-U-L-E-R dot Adobe dot com. It's an Adobe resource. And you can, it's a color wheel kind of place. But they do do, um, you know, individual Color schemes. So you can say, you know, I need. I'm looking for a, a purple color scheme, for example, and it'll pull up c- purple color palettes. Cool. Um, so very, very good resource. But honestly, one of the quickest and easiest ways uh, to get a color scheme is uh, a resource called Pictalicious. and that's p i c t a c u l o u s dot com. Let's say you have a photo and you need that you want to use as a background and you want to see what color text color you should use to go with it. For example, you can upload that photo and, you know, it'll spit out some some uh, that is so cool.
0: People's minds are exploding right now.
1: Yeah, that's really. <laughs> I can cool. already.
0: I can already hear the comments in the show notes. Coolest thing ever. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, these are the kind of things nobody would really think about if they didn't really dig as deep as you are, right? And these are the kind of things that can really make your your design stand out a lot, right? Because a lot of people do take an image and maybe they change the opacity of the image, right, or put a white layer over the top to kind of have it fade back a little bit. But then knowing what colors are going to work with that. Is a big deal, isn't it?
1: It can make a huge difference, and you know it's all in the tools. My, I, I can remember when I was growing up, my dad used to say that all the time. Any job is all about the tools, and I, I've li- li- really uh, lived that. And these are power uh, the tools years.
0: you're sharing here.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: So let's talk about. Okay, so we talked about fonts. We talked about colors, which are kind of foundational. Um, let's talk about tools that maybe people can use um, that are kind of like all-in-one kind of tools or tools that make it really easy to add text over images? I know you've got a couple of favorites that you probably would share with us. What are some of your favorites?
1: I do. And I'd like to break this down into web-based tools and then uh, phone apps because uh, there's, there's... I have um cool. both suggestions and I'm I'm always looking at new stuff so I'd like to say that hopefully I've I'm giving what I'm getting ready to share is the best uh, uh, tools out there for what you guys need to do. I am uh I, until uh this particular resource came to my attention, I was using Photoshop to create all of my graphics. I and love Photoshop,
0: but it is like it's like operating an airplane, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And for those that don't have any graphic design skills, it's it's impossible. It's a learning curve that is is just daunting for most. So um, I found a tool called Canva.com, and that's C-A-N-V-A.com. And uh, I love Canva, and and many of you may have heard about Canva. If you haven't, I would encourage you to go check them out. Two things that I love about Canva. um, One, it's built for us in the social media space. So they have One of the challenges that we have as social media marketers is template sizes for every platform is different, right? So, you know, Mm -hmm. Facebook's different, Twitter is different, Pinterest has got a different size, and it can be hard to keep track of all of that. So the what I love about Pen, uh, Canva is that it has um, all of the template sizes that we need already pre-configured. Say, for example, you want to um, you know design a graphic for Facebook. You click on the gra- the Facebook template, and away you go. You're set. Um, and the second thing that I really like about Canva, uh, outside of all the functionality and you know, the colors and the fonts and you know, the typical stuff, um, is the fact that I use it as a collaborative tool. So, Oh, you know, yeah. Elaborate
0: I, what you mean by that. So you're, you've got more than one person working on a single image?
1: Absolutely. Or wow. for example, if we have, uh, you know, if we're dis- if we're getting ready to do a major sales campaign, for example, we have team meetings, and you know, we- the designer, uh, whoever had the task of designing the graphics, we all get uh, we get we log into Canva, we take a look at the graphics, we make suggestions, um, and literally, you know, within ten minutes. We've all said, okay, change this, change that, and you know, I think they're good to go.
0: That's so, so cool. So it's like Google Docs meets design, right?
1: It absolutely. So I think a lot of people don't get that 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 it can be a collaborative tool. But I personally use it as that. And I think a lot of people who have teams can use it in that way. So that I wanted to highlight that. Uh, well, I will a- tell you
0: that I've met the founders, Clay and Melanie, um, of Canva. And Melanie is a, is a very talented designer. And Zach, uh, who's their uh, social media guy, has been to Social Media Marketing World. And this is, a, this is a young Australian upstart company that's powered behind the scenes by a lot of former Google engineers. And it's really cool to see... You know all the things that they're doing, and um, and the tool is totally easy to use. And if I'm not mistaken, I think you can use an iPad too, right?
1: They just released the iPad version, so I'm glad you mentioned that. Yes, Um, I don't think they're going to embrace an iPhone app yet, but I'm not ruling that out. Um, but definitely, if you have an iPad, uh, it, it would be a great way to quickly uh, create graphics on the go. Awesome. So I love love that tool. Um, I you know there's a couple of standbys that I know a lot of people still use. PicMonkey, of course, is a great uh, tool for resizing. You can even you know pop graphics. I mean, I'm sorry, pop text on top of a graphic, etc. Using that web based tool. Um, so that, that's a, an option and that's just dot com.
0: It's very similar to Canva, isn't it? I mean, um, it, it's got its unique differences, right? But it, it, each of them has their strengths and weaknesses, but I would imagine Canva, I mean, PicMonkey kind of was, was one of the earlier ones, right? Wasn't it?
1: Yes. PicMonkey has been around for a good, I mean, a long time. Uh, it's been on in my radar, on my radar for some time, but even before, um, you know, even even though PicMonkey was out there and I still was using, you know, Photoshop until Canva came along. Gotcha. So I, I think the differences between PicMonkey and Canva are um, actually, you know, they're they're good for different things. So what? again, the big thing that I love about Canva is the fact that you don't have to worry about your sizing. Right. I mean, you know, with PicMonkey, I think you have to go in and you have to say, okay, I want to... You know, a four hundred four by four hundred four photo, for example. I want to design this, and it doesn't give you the opportunity just to click and say, "Okay, this is the size I want."
0: Gotcha. Cool. So you mentioned some other stuff that you want to mention?
1: Absolutely, I have some favorite um, phone apps that I want to highlight with you. Um, A couple of the ones that I use routinely, uh, and I'm going to start. I'm going to save the best for last. So. One of the ones that I use is, quote, uh, InstaQuote is what it's called. And it is, you know, of course, mostly designed for Instagram graphics, hence the InstaQuote name. But you can use it, uh, use those graphics in other places as well. You know, you can share them on Facebook, you can share them on Twitter, what, et cetera. What's the, yeah,
0: what's the big deal about that app? What does it do?
1: It basically allows you to take a graphic or um, a, they actually have some backgrounds built into the into the app itself that you can just overlay text on. Ah. So it allows you to create those, you know, memes or, you know, if you're, you know, you're out and you have a base, you're at your son's baseball game, you take a photo and you want to just give him a big shout out, you know, you could put some text on that photo and upload it to Facebook. So it's a, it's a kind of a great on the go, create a visual content tool. Um, in fact, all of these I use literally when I'm on the go, if I'm sitting mm. in the airport or if I'm at the doctor's office or, you know, wherever I am, I'm almost always creating something, you know, um, the second one is a graphic that, uh, a tool that I love. It's a little bit more complex. It's not as quite as easy as, um as insta quote or the one that i'm saving for last that i say is the best um but it is a great design tool especially if you're a little bit more um advanced you know it allows you to layer some graphic elements etc and the name of this tool is rona designs and that's r-h-o-n-n-a designs and um again great little uh, app Uh, you can create some amazing things the neat thing that i really like about this particular tool versus some of the others um, is the fact that you can choose your sizes for this so say for example you wanted to create a square graphic or an oblong graphic that's more suited to Twitter, or, you know, even a poster style graphic for Pinterest, Mm. you can choose those sizes um, in the app. And most apps don't allow you to do that.
0: Very cool. Now with these apps, are you mostly like taking photographs and then just, you know, adding effects to them Uh, or, or text and effects? Is that the idea?
1: You can do both. Uh, all of these that I'm going to talk to you about have built-in backgrounds that you can leverage uh, from, you know, just straight colors to some, you know, scenic style or, backgrounds. Or
0: patterns and stuff like that? Correct, correct. Gotcha.
1: Um, the last gra- the last app that I want to share with you is a, is a and I say I saved the best for last is uh, because it's so easy to use. It's a it's a uh, app called WordSwag, mm-hmm. and it does have back end backgrounds built in. It also has quotes that you can leverage so it's already got a lot of content that you could use if you don't know what you want to say or you know you want to create some content but you're not sure what it is it can give you great ideas it can uh, allow you just to use the content that's already built in Um, or you can again you know do so many things with the uh, endless opportunities to customize it it's a, an amazing little
0: app. And I think I, if I'm not, I think I've seen it. What makes Word Swag unique is the way it lays out the images, right? It's got kind of, I mean, the text, right? It's kind of, it's almost like they've predefined uh, with graphic designers, uh, the sizes and all that kind of stuff of the text and the font. So you just type it in and it makes it look cool. Am, am I right? It-
1: Absolutely. Literally you put your text in and you can, it's got a vertical, uh, and a horizontal choice of, you know, choices on how you make it look. So it's amazing how you can just literally at a click, you can just see the different looks until you find one that you love.
0: So when you're like at an event and, um, you you you're listening to someone speak and they said something really cool instead of just typing in a tweet, do you pull up word swag and create a cool little graphic and tweet that out
1: on the fly all the time? In fact, when I was at an event that Jay Baer spoke at, uh, uh, Oh, several months back. And, uh, it was one of the, mo- that graphic, whatever he said that I created a graphic for was one of the most retweeted pieces of content of the entire event.
0: Well, I think you, I think that mm-hmm. similar thing happened with social media success summit. I think some of the more popular tweets that people shared were some of the ones you created.
1: <laughs> oh, lovely. I do it routinely. So if I'm at an event or if I'm listening to a podcast or, you know, whatever, uh, literally I just create a, a visual content piece on the fly.
0: That is so cool. I, a lot of people are like driving right now and they're, they're like wanting to pull over to the side of the road to try these things. I can just tell. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you definitely want to download these and give them a whirl. The only bad part about WordSwag, if there is a drawback to it, is it is not available on an Android. It's only available for the iPhone.
0: And it is. I'm it does sorry. cost. It costs a couple of dollars, doesn't it? Too.
1: Oh, it's it's the best two dollars and ninety nine cent you will ever spend. Spend the two ninety nine, please. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper
0: than hiring a designer, right?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, somebody will have to email them and say, "Hey, we need to create an Android version of this thing," because I'm sure that that people will, you know, even go. More nuts with the thing. Well, Kim, Kim, I just want to say thank you uh, for getting so many people so jazzed and excited and and making them think, yes, this is doable. Yes, I can do this. (laughs) Um, Where can people discover more about you and all the great things that you're doing, Kim?
1: Well, you can find me pretty much anywhere on social under my name, Kim Garst, but my website is kimgarst.com. Uh, and I would love to connect with you. He- don't hesitate to reach out. If you have any questions as it relates to visual content, um, I would love to answer them. So give me a shout out.
0: woo Thank you, Kim, so much for joining us today.
1: Yeah, thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. I love talking visual content, as you can probably tell.
0: Well, I hope you got a lot out of that interview. I know there was a bazillion different tools and apps that we mentioned, and I'm venturing to guess you probably didn't write them all down because you're on the move. Well, don't worry. We take all the show notes for you visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 123. That stands for episode 123. Also, if you're new to the show and you're not already subscribed, you know it's free. Just hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast player you're you're using. And if you're a regular listener and you've not done so already, would you consider giving us a rating and a review? It's very easy. You can visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher And that will take you to a place where you can go ahead and do that. Also, don't forget to check out socialmediaworld15.com. That's the URL for Social Media Marketing World. And if you're interested in being a sponsor for that particular conference, we do have sponsorship opportunities available to you. Email emily at socialmediaexaminer.com, emily at socialmediaexaminer.com. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day, and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.